Okay, this better work. What's the matter, Travis? I'm just making sure everything's ready for the kids' corner this morning. I've got the programs and the radio, Flynn's got his biscuits, and Mr. Jacob has had his coffee. Sounds like everything is all set. What are you worried about? I don't know, Joel. What if something goes wrong and the kids don't have fun? Or, even worse, they don't learn anything about God today. I don't think that's going to happen. What's going on now? Um, Sage and Ivy found something strange at their grandma's house, and it's like a whole new world has been opened up for them. See, it's already going great. Let's join them. With the fall of the Ortanian Empire, the galaxy has been shaken to its core. Many of us are looking for some hope to cling to, but right now, it's all we can do to just keep waking up each day. Sage? Sage, what are you doing here? Oh, you know, just making another entry in my voice diary. You can do that later. I have something to show you. What is it, Ivy? It's a surprise. Don't forget your helmet. A sky freighter kicked up some dust earlier, and it hasn't settled yet. I really wish you could tell me what's going on. You know how much I hate walking through rubble and ruins first thing in the morning. Hurry up! Kyle's waiting for us. Does he know where we're going? No, and he's getting impatient. Come on. I'll be right there. Hold on. She's coming! Great! Now are you going to tell us what's going on or not? It's going to be worth it. That's all you need to know. Alright, I'm ready. Hi, Kyle. Hey. Alright, follow me! So do you know what the big deal is? No. Ivy didn't tell me either. I sure hope this isn't like her regular surprises. Yeah. Remember how she took us on a 10-mile desert walk just because she found a new type of moss growing on an old condenser panel? <sighs> Don't remind me. I still have blisters from that one. Okay, we're here. Want to help me open this door, Kyle? Yeah. Uh, that's pretty dark in there. Just turn on your headlamp. The surprise is just inside. This had better be worth it. Come on in. Watch your head, though. Ivy, if this is another... What is... Where are we? Action figures? Board games? Fake food? It's a toy store. An old abandoned toy store. And it's all ours. Ours? Are you sure? Nobody's been here for at least before the fall of the Empire. At this point, I think it's finders keepers. Just look at a toy and it's yours. I mean, haven't you always wanted to play with your very own Stretch Armstrong? Maybe if I knew what that was. Hey, check this out. It's a big radio looking thing. You think it still works? One way to find out. Hey kids, what are you up to today? Hey Mr. Jacobs, we've been looking at this magazine. Yeah, it's really weird. Magazine, huh? May I see? Sure. I've never seen anything like it before. It's just full of all kinds of toys. Oh, an old-fashioned catalog. Catalog? Where did you find this? Sage and I were staying with our grandma, and she had a box of them in her basement. Do you know what they were for? Besides making us want all of the cool stuff they have pictures of? <laughs> well, that's, that's just about what they were for. Every so often, companies that made clothes, toys, tools, or whatever would send out these catalogs so people could see what they had for sale. Then, if this one has, yep, they'd have this form that you would fill out, and after you mailed it in, they would send you the thing you bought. That's really complicated. Yeah, why didn't they just buy things online? <laughs> well, let's just say there's a reason we don't see many of these catalogs around anymore. It's kind of too bad. I mean, it's really fun to look through. I had no idea they had so much stuff. There's ant farms and microscopes on this page, and doll houses and furniture back here, and stuffed animals. It's like a kid paradise in a book. Except you don't have all the fun stuff. It's just all pictures. Looking's better than nothing, Kyle. Eh, 
I guess. Well, you don't mind listening to the radio, and that's just hearing stuff. That's different. I don't know. I think it's the same. I can start up the next program, and we can see if it's the same. Sounds like that could be educational. Yeah, go ahead. Is everything okay, Mr. Jacobs? Hmm? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Did I not look okay, Ivy? You were just looking at that magazine like you were sad or something. Yeah, I didn't think a toy catalog was that depressing. We like looking at the toys. Me too, Sage. I guess I was just thinking about something else. Like what? Oh, I don't know. Just about the things people try to get us to buy. It seems like wherever you look, there's someone trying to sell you something. Really? Who? <laughs> All sorts of people. On the internet, on the side of the road, in Windows and in our mail, there's messages from companies saying, your life will be better if you buy our product. Yeah, that's why my parents don't have a TV in the house. All of the commercials were driving them crazy. You guys don't have TVs? We have TVs so we can watch movies and Blu-rays and stuff, but we don't have a cable or anything like that. Oh, I get it. You don't have TV stations. Yeah, we miss out on all the newest shows coming out. But Dad says that's why we have the internet. Sounds like my mom. She's always talking about how the world is getting worse and worse. That is a popular opinion. But like it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, none of this is new. The world has always been full of trouble, as well as people trying to sell things that fix the trouble. So these magazines are bad? I wouldn't go that far, Ivy. Catalogs and advertisements are trying to sell things, but that doesn't mean that they can't be fun. And if we decide to buy what they're selling, that doesn't mean that we are doing what's wrong as long as we aren't depending on these things to give us meaning or peace. Because like the chapter says, the happiness from things in the world won't stick around. Sooner or later, we'll be right back to where we started and the things that made us feel safe and happy will be boring and ineffective. Man. If that's how the first chapter of Ecclesiastes goes, it sounds like a really depressing book of the Bible. <laughs> yeah, it sounds kind of hopeless. Ah, but the book doesn't stop there. In the end, it tells us to use wisdom, obey God, and not to worry about the troubles because, you know what? I have a script that talks about this very thing. Do you mind if I go look for it? Mr. Jacobs, it's a drama script. We're fine with it. Great, I'll be right back. We'll listen to the radio while we wait. And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the delightful drama, The Starfish and the Storm, an adapted biblical teaching about trusting God. Once upon a time, under the ocean waves, there lived a starfish. Nice to meet you. This starfish enjoyed living in the ocean, and every day he would eat oysters to his heart's content. Mmm, slimy. One day, a very worried fish swam up to the starfish with some terrible news. Swim away! Swim away! A big storm is coming! A storm? Why would I worry about that? We live in the ocean. What do I care happens above the surface? You don't know much about weather, do you? Well, I... Yeah, that's what I thought. You're just a starfish. I, on the other hand, am a weather loach. It's been scientifically proven that I know a great deal about the weather. I say there's going to be a huge storm that will blast everything away that isn't tied down. That's very interesting, but aren't loaches freshwater fish? What are you doing here in the ocean? Exchange student program, but that's not important right now. I tell you, there's a storm on its way. And with that, the fish swam off, leaving a confused and somewhat worried starfish in her wake. What am I gonna do? 
I can't swim faster than a storm. Why don't you join me? The starfish looked around and noticed a little barnacle clinging to a giant boulder. You? Are you going somewhere far away? Oh, no. I'm going to hold on tight and ride it out. This giant boulder that the narrator mentioned before gives me shelter through all manner of storms. Shelter, huh? Sure. My family has been depending on this rock for years, and it's never once let us down. Either way, I don't see you as having many other options. That's true. The starfish climbed up onto the boulder and held on tight. Just as he did so, the sea turned dark. It's here! The storm! Swim for your lives! The water started flowing faster. Sand was kicked up, and fish scattered trying to find safety. Lightning crashed in the sky above as coral snapped and small stones tumbled away in the swell. But all the while, our starfish friend and the barnacle held on tight, relying completely on the might of the boulder. Wee, that was fun. It was, it was amazing. Thanks for sharing your hiding place with me. Anytime. The moral is that just like the boulder in the story, when our lives get stormy and trouble kicks up, God will be our shelter. Sometimes we put our trust in other things to give us security, but in the end, they will all fail us. You know what, Mr. Jacobs? I think I recognize that drama about the starfish. It makes sense, Kyle. I believe you were part of it when we read it a few years ago. Right. Yeah, I think it was with Miss Fiona and Laura? Hold on. You mean you sometimes reuse your drama scripts, Mr. Jacobs? Sure. Why not? I just thought that each time you read a drama script, it was something special. I do too, Ivy. I think if I use a script over again, it just goes to show how good I think it is. After all, sometimes we need a reminder of things we've learned about in the past, and this one has a very important lesson. Yeah. I had never heard that story, but where does the Bible teach us about trusting God like that? There are a few places, Sage. 1 Peter 5, 7, Proverbs 3, Psalm 91, 2. Yeah, I figured there was at least three. Well, it's something that God really wants us to know. He doesn't want us to live in fear, always being anxious about what's going on in life. Instead, He wants us to live peaceful lives, knowing that no matter what happens, He is there to take care of your needs, like it says in Philippians 4. Is that why you're so calm all the time, no matter what's going on? Well, I wouldn't say I'm calm all the time, but it's fair to say that without God's help, I would not have much peace at all. Knowing that He will take care of me, even if things go terribly wrong, means I can pay attention to living how He wants me to live. Sounds really nice. Yeah, it is. But what's more is, by following God's rules for how we live, we can grow closer to God, or, to stick to the theme, we live at peace with Him. If I'm remembering right, I think God wants us to live at peace with other people too. That's what it says in verses like Hebrews 12:14 and Psalm 34:14. Yeah, but that's not always easy to do. There are a lot of really messed up situations in the world, and it's not as simple as just wanting to live in peace. I think you're right, Ivy. That's why God only tells us to do everything we can. Even Jesus, the only person to live a perfect life, had people who wanted to kill him. And though he came to fix the problems between God and mankind, he knew that his work would bring trouble too, like he says in Matthew 10. That's a lot to think about, Mr. Jacobs, as usual. Yeah, but you were kind of the one to change the subject, Kyle. 
We started this whole conversation talking about catalogs and wanting stuff, and then you made it all complicated with talking about living in peace with people. You don't hear him complaining, do you? I do like a good theological thought progression from time to time. Yeah, those things. Well, while you enjoy your theoretical procession, I think we better be heading home, Ivy. Yeah, see you around, guys. Later, girls. Would you mind turning off the radio on the way out? No problem. 